Yeah, so uh, just prepare to... Uh, it, it'll be great. It'll be perfect. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to... Y'all don't watch us play throughout the year, to tell you the truth. I'm gonna be real with you, and I don't care if I get fired. That train is off the track. I feel like you, you can't just like jump through Neptune and be okay. Just prepare to. What the show needs is more dogs and bears and chickens and stuff. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to uh, be a watch Welcome Pacers fans, you are listening to the Undebeatables, your semi-weekly Pacers podcast. Today is October 4th, 2020, and this is episode 476. Company from Indianapolis, Indiana, I'm your host, Joey Gafrida, the man behind the dials and season ticket holder. This show, we're going to discuss the future of the Indiana Pacers the finals, and some coaching changes uh, around the league. Joining me this show are two of our three analysts, coast to coast, like buttered toast. First, from the birthplace of Victor Oladipo, Silver Spring, Maryland, it's the doctor, Jason Triplett. What is up, Pacers fans? What is up, Undebeatables? Uh, shout out to fall. Shout out to October. Yeah. It is here. It's cold. Yeah, that happened like yeah. overnight. Yeah. It's going to get a little warmer I, here, but uh, it was cold today. So it was like two days ago, I walked out of the house wearing flip-flops and shorts, and I was like, well, that's not happening. <laughs> so I went back inside, put on uh, shoes and jeans and a t-shirt, walked out, and I was like, I think I'm hot? I don't know. And so I brought with me flip-flop shorts and a sweatshirt to go where I was going, just as backup plans. <laughs> Welcome to Fall in Indiana. Yeah. From Indianapolis, Indiana, he's our in-house bartender mixing up the drinks and the crappy jingles, John Colson. What is up, Pacer Nation? Uh, shout out this week to uh, J.O. Uh, Jerry Oliver was a uh, longtime uh, Pacers assistant coach. Uh, he is currently in the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame. Also uh, led the uh, Washington High School Continentals to um, a uh, state championship in 1965. Uh, he passed away uh, last week. Um, but uh, clearly one of the great uh, minds of uh, uh, Indiana basketball and uh, was a member of um, the transition uh, coaching team that went from the ABA to the NBA and known as J.O. by old uh, Bobby Slick Leonard. So... Uh, shout out. Uh, and the other uh, shout out this week is to the enforcer, uh, Harper. We are uh, missing you, brother. Um, we are um, thinking of you and your family um, while you're not here with us. So yeah. much love. Shout out. Shout out. Shout out. Indeed. Yeah, you really uh, you freaked me out, Colson, earlier when you were telling me this news. You said, oh, yeah, uh, I have another news item for the agenda J.O. died. Uh, yeah. You can't do... This is 2020, dude. You can't do that. Yeah, well, I mean, th- 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 he's referred to as J.O. by by everybody in the organization. I'm just saying. <laughs> no. All right. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, that is pretty scary, though. Um, uh, Jerry uh, Oliver was uh, 89. Had a nice, nice long run. So, you shout out. It's still too young, yep, but yep, yep. shout out to you. Uh, gentlemen, um, before we get into the show, I'd like to remind you, you can support us anytime you shop at Amazon. If you just click the link in the show notes or go to theunthebeatables.com slash Amazon. Uh, any shopping you do kicks a small percentage back to us and it helps support what we do. So the first thing we, we want to talk about here, uh, it's no less than the future of the Pacers franchise. The, the rumors were swirling this week on Twitter of all places. Um, <laughs> the, these, some of these uh, were coming out from Jared Weiss from The Athletic, uh, tweeting that uh, Victor Oladipo may not be happy in Indiana and is looking uh, to want to get traded. And then later it came uh, out that uh, Miles Turner might be in the same boat. So two of our five uh, starters are rumored to be wanting out. Um, so after that, uh, the, uh, Oladipo was on an interview with uh, rapper Fat Joe um, on Instagram, because that's where interviews happen these days. Mm-hmm. Um, Hard-hitting mm-hmm. journalism. Um, <laughs> and the quote I'm seeing here on CBS Sports says, I'm a pacer, man. I'm a pacer, dog. I'm a pacer. I can't control the rumors, man. All the ones on the internet, I don't even know where they came from. I'm just in the background working out, working on my knee, trying to get right for next year. Uh, guys, how do you how do you feel about this? Uh, you know, I don't I don't take a whole lot of stock in. Uh, I mean, clearly Victor's not gonna. Well, he's not gonna come out and say that. Uh, I, I was gonna say. Paul George, Paul George did not come out and say that he wanted to leave. Right. Until way later. Sure. So Until he said he wanted to leave. <laughs> right, I know. But there was a long period of time where he was like lying to our faces saying, I want to be a Pacer for life right. before uh, his way out the door. Do you, do you guys think that there's any, any, uh, any truth to these? Or if there, when there's smoke, there's fire? Or, or do you think that uh, you know, there's, there's other nefarious uh, people out there? You know, this could be another, another team out there. Uh, starting something to uh, to you know, stir the pot, uh, Jason. You know where do you, where do you land on that? I mean, I don't know. I think that this is one of the interesting aspects of being an NBA fan in the Twitter era, right? Is that on the one hand we have this um, unprecedented access to the minds and the uh, hearts of the players of our favorite franchises um on the other hand like what you kind of lose is a a measured filter of information flow to the public right um i don't know like basically i don't all i know is these two tweets and uh you know fat joe's interview right <laughs> it's <laughs> as a person that likes data um this is not a lot of data to work off of i mean clear like there's been enough smoke around the idea that oladipo is unhappy and wants to move or whatever um that i think that it's not unrealistic that he 
is exploring possibilities beyond this year, right? I mean, yeah, I guess we've talked on the podcast many a times, like players have their own agency, you know, at times, and they need to leverage that, right? Like Victor Oladipo has already had a major injury. He knows that um, the careers can be cut short. You have to, you know, press your advantage or leverage when you can and get the best contract and put yourself in the best position. And, you know, hopefully his agents and all that stuff are giving him good information and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, and there are certainly free agent destinations like the Miami Heat, who are currently playing in the NBA Finals, right, that may be in a position to take a player of Victor Oladipo's caliber caliber uh, in a year or even before then if the Pacers want to trade him or whatever um yeah but I don't I I mean you know I'm old guys so I I don't get super worked up about these things until they happen you know like I think you have to take players at their word until until you're proven that you can't right and so far I think that Victor Oladipo has been pretty um, honest with us as fans. Uh, And so, yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah, no, I mean, I think there is, I think maybe the nervousness uh, for me as a fan that there might be some um, validity to this stuff comes from, you know, when he was first traded here, how much he embraced um, the leadership role and being the face of the franchise and, you know, uh, you know, having played in IU, coming home and feeling like this was home. Um, and and we really felt like the fan base embraced him and he embraced that role. And we've discussed before, really changed the culture of this franchise. Um, people who work in the building wanted to come in. He just really lifts everybody up, right? He's a, he's a, he's a positivity. He's a guy who's just singing all the time and lifting everybody up who's down and that sort of stuff. And we just got used to hearing his voice and his, his encouragement. Even, um, even as a basketball player, he was encouraging the fans. He was always, he was always optimistic. Um, and you felt like you had a chance to win these big games because this guy just has infinite confidence and infinite um, optimism. And because of his injury, we haven't heard from him basically mm-hmm. for a whole year uh, and change. And I think in that absence, uh, perhaps we as fans get anxious. And so we can um, – we thought, well, the, if he's not talking, maybe he's unhappy. But the thing is, is he's not – playing basketball very much. He's not, I mean, he was trying to decide whether to play in the bubble or not. And it became this huge controversy. He's just trying to mm-hmm. do right by him. We don't, we assume, I would like to assume that the Pacers and he are on the same page. Um, but the moment you don't have any real proof of that because people aren't hearing his voice all the time, I think you get a lot of other fan bases that go, Oh, Hey, I'd love some uh, healthy Victor old depot. Um, if, if he's going to come back and the Pacers don't want to pay him, we'll happily take him off your hands. And so suddenly you get 10 articles on the internet about how we're going to trade him to the Dallas Mavericks or, you know, how the Knicks are going to restart with him. And I don't think that that's necessarily based in fact. I think that's based in, you know, other fan bases, optimism, right? Um, And this is how you get to it for me is how I get to a worried place because I'm seeing all this noise, but it's noise based on maybe what was just a little bit of quiet from him. 
um, during the last year. So well, I think the other thing that that happens, right? So he comes to Indiana. He basically makes a huge leap as an NBA player and goes from a um, you know a, a solid contributor to an All Star, actually an All NBA player, right? Right. And at that point, not only are you getting adulation from your hometown fans, now the rest of the league starts to take notice, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that the LeBron Jameses of the world and the Pat Rileys of the world are now coming up to you at All-Star Weekend and saying, hey, I like what you're doing. You should come play with us, you know? And I'm sure that that's a, a whole nother level of uh, success and uh you know, the idea of even greater success or more glitz and glamour, right? And who's not going to be enticed by that? You know what I mean? For I think sure. the same thing happened to Paul George, right? Like, you know, he started out and it was, you know, us loving him as a guy that was coming off the bench and should have been, you know, whatever, starting even before he started starting. And, and then, yeah, exactly. He's getting recruited to the Clippers by Kawhi Leonard or whatever, and so it's, um, yeah, that stuff is going to happen, I guess. I don't know. It's just as a fan of the, of the Pacers, you hate to feel like anytime anybody goes from good to great that there's going to be, you know, they're just going to be like, oh, okay, cool. Well, now I'll just go to L.A. and win rings, right? That, that's really tough as a fan to kind of feel like. And maybe we've just been abused enough, you know? I mean, you know, I think when I – started uh, paying attention to the Pacers. I mean, I basically followed all of Reggie's career. And I remember Mm -hmm. moments when he was going to leave, but he always stayed. And so you sort of felt like, okay, you know, that's the kind of guy, that's the kind of guy I want to lead my franchise. And, um, you know, ever since the Paul George thing, I I think we're, we're just a little bit more like, yeah, probably more players are like Paul George than they are like Reggie Miller. I, I don't... I don't uh, begrudge Victor Oladipo for wanting to try to win rings and make as much money as he can and all those things. And he can't necessarily do those things here. And so I get that. And if he has the agency to leave, then he can do that. But I, I, I you know, I, I want to believe that because of the impact he had on this, this team and this franchise, I would love for him to be around uh, uh, until he retires, honestly, with us. I think he's been that important to us. Yeah, I mean, I think there's two things going on there. I think that we're in a different era of the world, right? And especially yeah. NBA. And the People don't the stay their entire career in a franchise anymore. Right, but I right. think it also points out how special Reggie Miller was as an individual, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that was something that was really important to him. And, right. um, you know, there were also structural things around the way that the NBA uh, collective bargaining agreement worked <laughs> that, you know, basically made it easier for... Uh, the Pacers to keep Reggie Miller and and whatnot, right? But, um, yeah, so I think those are two things that are going on there, yeah. Uh, Joey, what I was going to ask you is, um, what did you think about this, you know, Miles Turner, Turner rumor just sprinkling salt into the... To yeah, the I mean... Like, open wound of the Pacers fans. I mean, that was, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's like, look, man, he's our, he's our longest uh, tenured Pacer, uh, you know, and he's... You know he's, you know I just can't imagine him as uh, uh, playing on another team, and um, and I think that there's a there's certainly a case to be made that that um, you know I could see the viewpoint that 
he might get the thought that um, you know maybe if he was somewhere somewhere else in another system or with a you know a different team around him that he you know you know his we all know his aspirations are really high you know he wanted to be defensive player of the year he wants to be an all-star I think those are the expectations he has of himself and you know he hasn't done those yet and I think that mm-hmm. you could look around and say you know it's easy not to blame yourself you know um, so you, you can get the thought that hey maybe you know the grass is greener somewhere else you know um, so he's you know I, I, I can see why I can see why he might want to go you know, even though like I want him on this team, and you know, I think, you know, I read a couple of these articles. Yeah, like JJ, like you, I don't put too much into these rumors, but you know, uh, some of these are saying like, "Oh, the fans hate him," and I'm like, I never got that. I never got that the fans right. hated him here. I don't um, get that. I either. think that's just incorrect. That was being written by a New York writer. Yeah. Uh, so, so to be fair, guys, like he did have to like turn off his Twitter for a while because he was okay. getting like hate mail basically from Pacers fans like yeah I think that's real like you know whether or not that the the trolls on the internet represent Pacers nation at large I don't think they do but in today's day and age like that's the way that you're getting feedback from your fans right yeah well and and you know this one makes far more sense to me in the sense that you know we've talked multiple times about um, how uh, this year he was asked to sacrifice the, sacrifice the most for the team, right? He basically went mm-hmm. from, um, you know, being a starting center in this league to being a power forward fifth option on offense mm-hmm. um, and then asked to uh, guard the toughest defensive assignment on the other side. Um, and so, you know, more nitty gritty, less glory, um, and and just no real opportunities to shine in this offense and the offense we created. Um, and I, he's got to be thinking, there's got to be a better way, right? I mean, I can, um, I can't be next to Sabonis this whole time and just be the fifth wheel. I know that he and Sabonis are good friends, and I know he did buy into that role. Um, they said, you know, I know that there was discussion that you know he took it hard for a while, but eventually came around on. Whatever the team needs, we're going to do this. Um, I wonder if he agreed to that because he had a very good relationship with Nate and he had a very good relationship with Sabonis um, and he had a great relationship with Victor Oladipo. And then now Nate's gone. You're hearing rumors that Oladipo might be wanting out and you're going, well, then why the hell am I sticking around? Like this, Mm -hmm. this kind of makes sense to me that he might be unhappy and want out. Um, I would be devastated by it. I think... Um, I think he's a unique talent. I mean, I think we're aware that he's never going to be um, Chris Bosh um, at this point in his career. One of the things that we talked about, you know, early on, his development from rookie on, he was, he was most like Chris Bosh of any NBA mm-hmm. player. Um, but he does have a unique skill set of, of a sweet jumper and, and a, you know, a great defender. Um, and is would be useful to 29 other teams in the league. Um, and so I think there would be a, a market for him if he wanted to go. I just hope that's not the case. How much uh, do you guys think this has to do with uh, Nate being fired? I mean, I guess like, I mean, our take on this is, is 
you know, I, I think all of us if we're saying, hey, look, I think it's probably time to move on. But we just haven't had the success that we want under him. And, I mean, I guess I don't see any reason to think that even though the players liked him, like that, that I feel like they would say, look, probably the same thing, you know. That's the way I take it. You know, it's, it's uh, I guess I always felt like the players liked him, but, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, that's my concern, Joe. I'm wondering if if the players had, you know, completely bought in and really cared about him and weren't consulted by, you know, ownership and management. I mean, we can, we've been critical of Nate for as long as we've had, as long as he's been a head coach, um, that he's batted out bounds, out of bounds plays. And, you know, he's often playing checkers instead of chess, but we always agreed that he was good at setting culture um, and the guys respected him, and that the teams overachieved every year in the regular season. Um, the last two years, we were swept. Um, previous year, Victor Oladipo was gone. We didn't really have a chance. This year, weird bubble stuff. We're without Sabonis, our best player. He's gone. And we're looking back on it now, realizing that we got swept by a team that was going to the NBA Finals. You know, I mean, it could be that this team still believes that Nate was the guy, and nobody asked them before they fired him. Well, I think it certainly doesn't help that we don't have a coaching uh, a replacement for him. Right. <clears throat> right. I mean, like leadership and directionality make a difference, right? And right now, we're sort of in limbo, right? This team ha- this team has no idea what the direction is going forward, and and the first um, domino that has to fall is figuring out who that coach is and that coach is going to set tone in a lot of ways, right? He's going to reach out to all of the players hopefully and say, Hey, here's my plan. This is what I want to do. Here's how you are an integral part of this, right? Here's how Miles Turner is going to be an all-star this year, you know? Right. Exactly. <laughs> in the absence of that, it just creates uncertainty and humans, any animal, uh, like, fail in in uncertain situations right it's like hyper stressful so of course you would be like yeah this uncertain situation that i'm in now i'm not super happy i would love to go someplace Mm -hmm. else like that makes sense to me sure like maybe i could go to uh philadelphia where i know who the coach is doc rivers what i thought he was on the the clippers hashtag transition oh I guess, uh, yeah. You heard it here last. Uh, Doc Rivers, you know, <laughs> has been dismissed by the Clippers and uh, is has signed on with the, the 76ers. So Brett Brown's out there, right? Brett Brown's oh, out there. Brett, and, Brett Brown uh, is out Mike there. Mike D'Antoni's still yep. out there. That's he right. Was, so prior to Doc being let go by the Clippers, the D'Antoni to Philly deal was all but set in stone right yep so this is uh confusing to me i guess and i don't know which of those coaches is better for that situation in philadelphia i don't know that either (laughs) are set i think that there's roster issues there that either coach would have to deal with right and that's gonna happen i think so i don't know I mean, but I guess if you're Philly, like, you're going to take the guy that's been to the NBA Finals and has a ring, right? Right. 
Yeah, no, I mean, I feel like Doc is, uh, you know, known to be a player's coach, known to be a motivator, um, you know, and one of the things is that this roster not only doesn't quite fit as far as the parts go, but they also don't seem to really like each other that much, you know, mm-hmm. and so um, maybe you take a swing on on uh, Doc being able to uh, fix some of those issues without having to, you know, I, 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 I do kind of feel like if Philly went with D'Antoni, they're like, all right, we're going to make some personnel chains and, and you know, we're, we're going to um, try something different. Whereas this coach hiring seems to me like, hey, let's give this one more year and see if Doc can, you know, patch mm. some of these relationships. And we're going to go back in with, you know, um, the team we had, which we spent a bunch of money on. Uh, money on. And um, so, uh, so my theory now is that they're not going to make any big trades in the offseason. They're going to give this one at least a half a season to try to see what they can do with Doc. Um, I think the the D'Antoni thing would have suggested that maybe they would have gotten rid of either Embiid or Simmons. I don't know. Um, so, but that does mean that uh, D'Antoni's still out there, um, and uh, he's still a chance for a Pacers coach. Um, do you have any interest in uh, Brett Brown, Joey? You mentioned that you were like, "Oh, Brett Brown's out there." I mean, I think he's. I think he's fine. Um, I don't know that he's well, damned by fate and praise. Uh, <laughs> No, I mean I like him. I, you know, I, I like. I've heard some interviews with him. He's a, he seems like a, a very nice person. Uh, he's done. You know, the teams he's he's coached have been pretty good. Um, so he's coached some teams. Yeah. So I mean, no, the, like some of the teams he has coached have been like historically also bad true in the NBA. Well, that's true. <laughs> I mean, that's, uh, well, I guess I'm thinking more recently. I mean, I'm throwing sort of, I mean, I always felt like the, the, the deal they gave him was like, look, we're going to take advantage of the system that we have here, uh, that the NBA has. We're going to bottom out, and we're, you coach those teams, and then we'll keep you around longer than we should have because you went through this this nonsense. Um, and I feel like they, they said, look, you know, we completed our side of the deal. You, you got to go. Um but uh, I like. I mean, I like him. I just don't know that he's where we want to be. You know, looking to to get to. You know, we've got you know championship aspirations as a team, and I don't think he's shown in the past that that that's who he is. Um, he seems to be like a pretty good developmental mm-hmm. coach, and you know, he's a guy that can get you from single digit wins to double digit wins. Like, if that's what you want, <laughs> he's your guy. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I want no part of Brent Brown. No, yeah, I'm saying. Um, other than he, he has an amazing accent, so at least um, mm, that is interviews true. would be a lot more fun. So I'd get to work on my like uh, Rhode Island accent or whatever, which would be good. Uh, yeah. What? So Pacers still haven't made. There's no even like, no updates, rumors no. or rumblings of what's going on. No, I, I I went to uh, one of these sites that says, um, you know, these are the six coaching positions that are still available, you know, and it was and then they taught and then they showed all the candidates for each position. And the Pacers was like literally like a page long and like everybody else had like three or four, but like ours just went forever. So uh, as far as at least most recent uh, update, uh, they have no more information than we do. It seems like we still have casting a very wide net. We're still in the interview is this is it yeah. easier to list the people who uh, who aren't on the list at this point? <laughs> Potentially. 
So, I mean, you know, what's going to happen is I don't know that we'll um, see a narrowed list. I think I think you'll just be, you know, one day you'll wake up and then be like this, you know, your new coach is this. Um, they seem to be keeping this this coaching search fairly close to the vest. They're not giving a lot of updates about how, mm-hmm. um, you know, how interviewers are going or who their favorites are right now. This seems to be like this is I think. I think Joe, you're just going to wake up and be like, "Oh, hey, Becky Hanman's our new coach," and that'll just be a thing. And Colson, you haven't um, successfully hacked into Kevin Pritchard's um, Zoom account, turning out like shadowing on to his Zoom calls, so we don't know. Well, you know, I am super tech savvy, so you are. Yeah, yeah I mean, this sorry. was a you know side project that we had put you on. So. <laughs> the, well, the thing that got it, the thing that's taken so long is he's unable to log into his own Zoom account, uh, so. He, <laughs> that's step one sure well it keeps like kicking the, me out after 40 minutes thing. too so every time it starts to get juicy I get kicked out and have to reload because <laughs> they won't pay for it because I'm doing the I'm going with the free okay. account <laughs> you know, you, yeah we had to cut we, that from the budget because not enough of you are are uh, you know using the Amazon yeah, come on, code guys. right or buying schmedium t-shirts yeah. right or uh, or those $50 koozies or koozies no, I Limited thought we were, edition it's koozies. True. It's true. I thought we were doing it like a Big Face Coffee, where it's like $20 a koozie and 50 for two. Oh, okay. That's fine. <laughs> that sounds <Yeah>. good. <laughs> That's fine. All right, guys, you want to take a quick break, and we'll come back in the second half with uh, the finals, stats of week, and uh, whatever else comes out of our mouths. Uh, 
All right, guys. We are back from the break. I got a stat of the week for you, and then we will uh, talk about the finals. Joey, stat of the week. So this week, I was looking. Uh, you know, it's it's of course finals ba- finals basketball time. I'm looking at uh, some of the comebacks. Uh, the Lakers. Uh, spoiler alert: took a, a 2-0 lead. Uh, and I started looking around. You know, we we talk about um, a couple of the different uh, scenarios after the first couple games, and uh, there's different names for those. But you know, I was looking. So there's two uh, the two o deficit. The two o deficit. Um, so it looks like 27 times over the history of the NBA is the two o two o deficit uh, been overturned. I was like, all right, that's you know, that's not nothing. It's a pretty good, pretty good chunk. Um, overcome this is of all of playoff all playoff series, series. yeah, right, yeah. right, not just the right, 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 yeah, all okay. playoff series. Um, the three one deficit uh, that's happened thirteen times. Um, mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. uh, uh, it's difficult, but it does happen. Of course, the three zero that's never that's never happened. Uh, not in basketball. Okay. In other in other sports, it's happened a couple. T- you know, a couple t- hockey and baseball. Yeah, yeah. I think like four. Or five yeah, times it's or it's um, yeah. it happens. But you know, the one that I was thinking about was um, how many times has there been a two zero? Uh, like we talked about the Nuggets, they had the two douchebag sweeps. Which is that you lose the first one and then you win? No, that's not that's not what a douchebag sweep is. Yeah, no, the the you mean the Lakers? The Lakers had two douchebag sweeps. They oh no! Lose the yes, first yes, yes. Win, right. And then they take and then they they take, they, they take the next four. The, the yeah. so a gentleman a gentleman sweep is you win three, you let the the other right. team win one, and then you beat them. Right. So that's that's in five. And then the douchebag sweep is you lose the first one, then you sweep. Them right, out. right, right. The Nuggets, right. What are the nu- they came back from three one twice. twice? Okay, yes, yes. yes. Um, that's not that's not a sweep though, right? Right, that's no. Not, that's so a, that's an amazing accomplishment. Right, no, no. I'm I'm uh, conflating the two, uh, but I yes, you're correct. Um, so the, the the Nuggets did that. the The Lakers did the the douchebag sweeps. Yes, yeah. But I was like, you know, is there a next level to that? What if you lost the first two and then won four in a row? Like that's even worse, right? Ooh. That would be yeah. Is that that's what's worse than a douchebag? So uh, so I looked it up on Urban Dictionary, um, <laughs> and I'll read the, the definition for you. But um, uh, a definition of what of, of the term? So as far as you guys know, is there a term for losing the first two games and then winning the next four? I've never heard. All no, right. I've never even heard of that. All right. So. Uh, the the first definition here is the uh, underappreciated apparatus of the douche that actually does the stinky work attached to the douchebag, and of course this is the douche nozzle. Um, oh wow! Uh, and it's also someone who transcends a common insults that uh, to the point that simply calling him jackass or douchebag will no longer do. This is much more offensive. Than simply calling someone a douchebag. So the douche nozzle sweep is if when you lose the first two games and then sweep out the rest. 
The douche nozzle sweep. Yeah, so I, that's intense. So I looked this up. So um, so there's been 18 of these uh, across the wow. NBA. Uh, six of these though were in the best of five series, which of course you know you, you'd make it easier. Uh, oh, I see. Okay, sure. So, yeah, so you just win, win three games. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, How many of those? So were six of five? eighteen. So twelve. Twelve of these have been best of seven series. Twelve true. Um, okay. Yeah. True yeah. douche nozzle. Right. The true douche nozzle sweep. A pu- it's sort of pure <laughs> douche nozzle. Um, <laughs> is uh, tw- there's been twelve of these where yeah so they 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 lose two and then win four straight. In fact, the most recent one was uh, the 2019 Raptors. They had lost the first two to the Bucks, and then they they won in six. That's right. Wow. They did do that. And they figured the Bucks out, and we're like, "Yeah, we got <laughs> yeah. this. Don't worry about it." Our coach is better than your right. coach, by the yeah. way. Yeah. yeah. So, and there's no mm-hmm. way, you know, there's there's obviously uh, uh, the three O has never been done. So, um, you're coming back from a three O has never been done. So, um, so the Heat have to win tonight. Is what you're saying? Uh. If they want, if they want to perform right. their douche, they nozzle either they either sweep. yeah to do the douche nozzle sweep, they got to win tonight, and um, <laughs> um, otherwise they're they're going into uncharted territory. So sure. So what is going to be the name for? <laughs> I mean, I guess I guess you don't call that a, a yeah. It's uh, like a what's beyond it's a like douche a nozzle. douche power right. washing or something. I don't know. <laughs> that I don't know. Okay. Got to be some a completely different term. That's uh, right. We we'll have to come up with something else. The, you probably got to pay on Urban Dictionary to get to the the, the words that are. <laughs> got to be a member. That's, that's a subscriber. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, nice work on the stat of the week, but thank you, thank you. That was you did you did actually did some like real research on this week. <laughs> yeah, Joey earned his salary this week. <laughs> that's good. I was surprised it had been done so much, though. Uh, you know, I think. Yeah, even, me too. Even, yeah, as many times as a three-one. Yeah, yeah, it's actually, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's it's pretty cool. But I guess that that can lead us into the finals discussion. You know, as we record, game three is being played, uh, and and Colson, you said the Heat were up by four at halftime. Uh, they yes. got to keep that up if they want to start this uh, douche nozzle sweep. Um, right. But uh, Lakers have looked real good <laughs> in the first two games. Um, you know, t- to be fair to the Heat, they're uh, really getting hampered by injuries. Uh, Adebayo and uh, Dragic are, are both unavailable for Game Three, and they've you know missed different parts. Uh, um, you know, I know Butler was uh, you know hobbled a bit, but he was still playing. Um, I don't know, Colson. What do you think about this series? Is uh, you-, you think Miami's got what it takes, or is Le- so like I think LeBron. Uh, LeBron, AD, uh, Rondo, and and Frank Vogel's leadership is is really a potent combination here, and uh, I think it's going to be a lot to, to to get over that. Yeah, so I you know I think my I don't tweet because I don't know how it works, but I, I sent on our Slack that uh, I know it's just one game, but uh, Lakers look like. They're ready to dominate. I mean, I, I think uh, the Heat came out and won the first quarter, um, and that was pretty much it. Uh, the Lakers just looked absolutely dominant. We're up 20 most of the game. Um, 
And game two, you're right. You talked about this. Uh, Adebayo and Dragic are out. So it's like it's losing your second and third best player. Maybe your first and third best player. Um, and, uh, you know, the Heat tried to make it competitive, but um, the stars are coming out for the Lakers. Um, I thought that, uh, you know, I mean, AD looks unstoppable down low. They don't have enough size, right? I mean, he just is doing whatever he wants. And also, Dwight Howard looks like a freaking all-star right now. I mean, he's just doing whatever he wants as well. Um, and, um, you know, AD put up 34 in game one uh, and I think 32 in game two. Just, I mean, a bunch of offensive rebounds, just, uh, you know, just controlling the glass, controlling – uh, the paint, and um, and also LeBron James. Uh, my favorite part about this series so far is um, how effective AD has been, and then LeBron being like, "Oh man, if I don't like keep working real hard, I'm not going to get the MVP for this series." And yeah. so um, I, I don't know if you noticed in, in uh, Game One. Um, LeBron was a an assist shy of a triple double. Yep. Um, and his uh, his reaction when Danny Green, uh, I, I think it was Danny Green, missed a three that would have gotten him the triple double. He was like real mad, even though they were up like twenty. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, and he only had twenty five in that game, uh, twenty five, thirteen, and nine. Where AD had uh, yeah, exactly thirty four, nine, and five. And I think he's like, oh man, this is. So in game two, um, AD comes out and just like dominating, like he, like I said, just just bullying everybody down low and doing everything. And LeBron's kind of kind of chilling out. And um, AD gets 32, 14, and one in that game. Um, LeBron had nine rebounds, nine assists. So just again, almost a triple double, and kept scoring in the fourth and still playing, even though this game was. Uh, out of hand so he can get 33 points. <laughs> so I think he's he's not only gunning to beat... I'm, I'm not saying he's not trying to put his, uh, you know, he, stamp on this, this series, because of course he is. And also he's been in finals games where if you don't play hard till the, the, the final buzzer, like somebody can steal a win from you and he's not messing around. But I think there's also part of him that's working real hard to make sure he gets this the MVP of this series. Yeah, so I got another set of the week for you, um, if I can find it real quick. Uh, I think it was game two. Um, what did uh, LeBron had thirty three and nine assists and zero turnovers, mm. uh, and he is the only the second player in Finals history to have more than twenty points, uh, nine assists or more, and zero turnovers. The other being Magic Johnson. Wow. In 1987. Good. 29, 13, and 0. Uh, pretty impressive. Yeah, and I, I you know, I, I, I like the Heat story, and I think, I really do think that there was a world in which they could um, make this a real series and potentially even win it, but it sounds like Goran Dragic is out for the, the rest of the playoffs with plantar fasciitis. Um, and it does sound like there's a chance that Bam can come back, although he's missing this game three. Um, you know, and with you know with the Heat's defense and you know their plug and play guys and the way that they um, can shoot um, from all their positions, 
you know, I, I just I just don't think there's enough. Like, I just think that the Lakers are driven, and I think that they're just too big. I mean, honestly, like, Dwight Howard and, and uh, Anthony Davis and or, um, and uh, LeBron James are, are just, just bigger. Yeah, I mean, I think that, I mean, thus far, the Lakers have been uber dominant. I mean, they just look bigger, stronger, and faster, basically. Yeah. Like, the Heat are not winning 50-50 balls and stuff like that, which is a right. thing that they're going to need to do to to make this a competitive series. I will say, I mean, and this is not just because um, the Heat are up, you know, at halftime or whatever, um, but I do think that Spolstra is a smart enough coach that he can figure out an adjustment to um, make life difficult for the Lakers and whether or not they solve that problem in the same game or um, in order to maintain the sweep, they will solve it at some point, right? Like LeBron's IQ and Rondo's IQ and Frank Vogel and Jason Kidd, like those guys all have ridiculous basketball IQs. And I feel like Spolster can make a make a, um, a chess move, but um, that Lakers team will counter at some point. And, right just be right. able to win right so um if if vogel doesn't see it and i think he's you know a fantastic defensive coach and if miami comes up with a you know an offense that's working if vogel doesn't see it you know lebron does you know right. and they will make those adjustments we're, we're talking about you know lebron james is one of the greatest basketball minds to ever be on the planet he just also yeah. has to be in a incredibly physically gifted body <laughs> Yeah, but it's definitely like one of those things where, as a short guy, I realized why my basketball career was cut short because um, this Lakers thing—it's just like they're just bigger than yeah than the Heat, you know. So it's well, like, it's funny that even we, if they miss the shot, they like Anthony just go Davis tip just it to themselves up and it's yeah. like, "I'll take that, thanks." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, no, and it's it's interesting because you know the. the you feel like the the league has gone away from size, right? So everybody's playing small ball, and it's all about shooters and ball handlers. Um, but ultimately, like if you can get every rebound and just dunk it on somebody's head, you're going to win basketball games, <laughs> right? For sure. Well, and, and like you said, LeBron is on a mission. Like mm-hmm. you know, you've been saying this I think for a few rounds now. It's like he can smell it, and yeah. you know, he's a guy that doesn't miss an, an opportunity to to add to his legacy, especially at this point in his career. The super scary thing is that Anthony Davis is really good right now. And he's like, just figuring Mm -hmm. it out at some level. Right. Like, like he's just now getting a taste of playoff success and what it takes to win a championship. And he's going to add that he's, he now has that in his, his trick bag going forward is, is he is he 27 stuff. is that right if that i have no idea yeah i mean you know we always talk about on the pod that you know you kind of your prime in basketball is 26 to 32 you know because it's not the raw athleticism anymore but you still still have a great you know you still have great athleticism it's about when your mind catches up to your body and the prime almost historically you can go back there's a few People, especially who were drafted at high school, that had their primes a little bit earlier. But in general, it's twenty six to thirty two, and so he's just entering that, and he now yeah. has basically um, tapped into a, a fantastic basketball mind in LeBron James, 
um, and he's going to learn um, how to just dominate this league. Yeah, he's uh, 27, almost 28. Yeah. yeah. He's born in March. Um, yeah, and I mean, the stuff that he did sort of to close out the, the Nuggets series was like wildly impressive. I mean, he's doing like step back threes and, and making clutch shots and stuff like that. And that's sort of the last level of attainment, right, of a of an NBA super duper star is making super huge plays in in huge playoff moments. High pressure right. moments, yeah. Right. We call yeah. him uh, Playoff AD, I think is his nickname. <laughs> um, is that what it is? You know, one thing... You know, one thing that uh, you're talking about adjustments with Spolstra is like, look, you know, who's got uh, a lot of minutes on the other coaching uh, bench uh, from across from Eric Spolstra, and it, Frank Vogel has has seen has seen a lot of that. Um, you know, all mm-hmm. those battles. Um, you know, Frank was coaching the Pacers for those, and um, you know the the. Learned a lot by getting his butt kicked by Spolstra all those years. Yeah, I mean, and uh, you know, and and LeBron was there for probably most of that too. Um, yep. So they can uh, use that knowledge for good this time. Yeah. So uh, this game right now, um, just an update: uh, the Heat are up eleven uh, late in the third, um, and they're they're uh, matching the Lakers on rebounds. They're not turning the ball over, and they're shooting the heck out of the ball. So, I mean, that's how you beat the Lakers, right? Don't turn the yeah. yeah, Don't turn the ball over. Um, Try to stay even on rebounds and just shoot the lights out, and that's what they're doing right now. So, so maybe they win this game. We'll find out. We'll know soon. Maybe, yeah. Or maybe AD and LeBron just decide in the fourth quarter it's time for them. It's it's winning time. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of basketball left to be played yeah. in this game. So. Yeah. Alright. Um, anything else you guys want to cover this show? Or leave it uh, leave it until next time. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll uh, I've, we've always have undergoogleables, but we'll leave until next week or the week after. Or send yours in, fans. Yeah. That'd be yeah. nice. We'd love, to, we'd love to answer some of your undergoogleables. Yeah, appreciate the ones uh, we've gotten uh, in the recent uh, past. Uh, always like doing those. They're, they're always fun. Um, Someday, like 40 years from now, uh, there's going to be a, a somebody, a, you know, somebody doing their version of an Undergoogleables <clears throat> podcast, and they're going to be saying, you know. These douche nozzle sweeps keep happening. Where did we get that term? Why did we call it a douche nozzle sweep? And they'll point back to this episode. Sweet. That's right. They'll, they'll find it out. Yeah, exactly. They'll be like, oh, there was a weird podcast that uh, you know had about a, a dozen listeners back in the 2020s. <laughs> uh, make sure... Uh, for some reason, these idiots are still paying to archive all of their... <laughs> episodes hey it's in the cloud it can never die as long as you yeah as long as you send us some money that it will never die um we need to make sure to 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 uh, put a tag on our post with douche nozzle uh don't, don't mm-hmm. forget to do that oh sure for, for for those future historians yes for posterity's sake uh for the compassionate ai for, yeah. that's uh 
That's right. That's right. <laughs> yep. That's what spells. Uh, that's what compassionate AI is looking for, right? Well, they're still telling our story, even though we're just meat popsicles. <laughs> even though we've all been taken out, our, our race has been taken out uh, behind mm-hmm. the shed. That's right. Behind the shed. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. All right. Well, uh, if we if we got anything else for you until next time, uh, you can we'll, we'll tell you about it on uh, the social media. We're on uh, Twitter. We're at Undebeatables. We're on Facebook.com slash The Undebeatables. Uh, our website, TheUndebeatables.com. And there's a contact form there. You can send us a message or you can do it uh, via email. Shout out at TheUndebeatables.com. I'd like to say that, uh, you know, we've been doing this for a long time now. And... Um, we we don't just do it for our half a dozen listeners um or for our our love of the pacers um uh we do it for each other and um harper has been uh, our enforcer for the last eight years but also for um i think i speak for all of us most of our lives and um uh thank you for that but know that we have your back right now so um for our once and always coach, Bobby Sick Leonard, now in the Hall of Fame. Turn out the lights. The party's over. <laughs> did did Kermit hop in there for a second? <laughs> he did. He did. He did. I was possessed by Kermit a for a moment. A literal frog in his throat. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> a literal uh, fictional right. frog in his throat. A literal frog. Fictional frog. <laughs> That's probably the name of the pod. Yeah. I don't know. Yay! <laughs> I'm just glad it's not douche thanks, nozzle. <laughs> thanks for giving me a flying exploding bear last week. <laughs> oh. For no reason, just because I requested just, it. I mean, that's what you needed. I was going to get it. Like you said, we get we got each other through the backs. Now. That's you right. need it for flying exploding bears. I did listen that's to that dollop, by the way. Uh, did you? It was pretty it amazing. Was, huh? It was just bizarre i love it's like i love the way they set it up because it's like 30 minutes of like people in the 1800s trying to figure out what happened and like people yeah. like tasting meat and like going into their labs you know and like they don't have any lab like it's just, you know. <laughs> so in the 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 best theory is that it's um Vultures, vomiting vultures, vomiting, yeah. vultures. vomiting a flock of vomiting vultures. Yeah, yeah which actually, that's I, that, it. Honestly, ends up being pretty cool. But it like, I love sense. But yeah, but I love why that would it. They like, freak out in midair. That's what I didn't. Get. Well, that's true. No, yeah, but apparently that's just a, a you know a survival instinct to vomit meat on their predators, <laughs> and then and then and then if you're in a group of vultures, they all do it reflexively because they think there's a threat. Like that's a great. <laughs> This is great. Well, I, I, I don't think vomiting meat. I think just vomiting in general. Because I think they're... What they eat what meat. They eat right. Yeah, they eat meat. Oh, I guess that's probably... Yeah. <laughs> that's what they eat. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, they're probably not, not too high on uh, fruit and vegetables and grains. You know, you don't see them s- circling like, around like a cornfield, you know. They're... Right. But, like, that's still the going theory after all these years. I love it. 
It's better than flying exploding bears as a theory. It's a little bit better <laughs> than flying exploding bears. Oh man. Oh man. Yeah, shout out the dollop for sure. Yeah. yeah. Shout out Harper for turning us yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. 